there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm Chris Skull and welcome to Quickly Kevin bonus episode week. Yes, every day this week. Well, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be putting on the timeline an excerpt from an old subscriber episode from the many, many hours and hours of subscriber episodes we've done on Quickly Kevin down the years that have never been heard on the feed before. We'll be dropping in little 20-minute excerpts of the various episodes we've done. And if you want to get access to all these episodes, you can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. I hope you had a really good bank holiday. You've probably got the Tuesday blues because the bank holiday is over. But don't worry, here to brighten those blues is probably the most, between me, Michael and Josh, the most controversial Quickly Kevin episode we've ever done because once I convinced them to do a watch along of an event that was simply massive in my childhood SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium the WWF Bret Hart Undertaker Macho Man Ultimate Warrior simply great days in the history of professional wrestling I convinced Josh and Michael to do a watch along of SummerSlam 92 and you're about to hear 20 minutes from that episode. This episode was recorded way back in May 2021. And like I say, we'll be dropping other episodes this week. So keep on that timeline. There will be extra stuff dropping this week. Here it is the most controversial episode, I would say, in Quickly Kevin history. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else controversial. Ian Dowie, not that controversial. I think it is SummerSlam 1992. If you've got any memories of SummerSlam 92, any funny stuff, Feel free to email it in. I might read it out tomorrow. Hello at quicklykevin.com. But enough talk. Here it is. One of the simply most enormous moments of my childhood. SummerSlam 1992. A watch along with Josh and Michael. Here it is. What are we talking about today, Chris? Look, I, I don't want to... And why? More importantly, <laughs> why? I'm just going to start by saying this. 
this is going to be a real test of who's most no, in tune with our actually, audience. Actually, I, I do need to just go back down and say, if I could time travel back four hours ago, I wouldn't have watched this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting test of who's got the finger on the pulse of our audience. Because when it came to Mike Bassett, England manager, you two hated it. And the audience were with me. that they I didn't loved. hate it. I, I didn't mind it indifferent because what we found out is that chris is a huge fan yeah and was in the 90s a huge fan of of wwef wrestling <laughs> or wef wrestling as i call it <laughs> you lo- chris loves the wef we know this right <laughs> and me and michael cannot abide wef um i've never been into it i never will be into it but i thought i'd give it a go i liked Gladiators. I loved Gladiators. Gladiators was one of the shows that I loved more than any growing up. So it's not about muscles and Americanism that I have the issue with, although it is annoying. Um, Why don't you tell us first, Chris, about your story, your relationship with WEF? (laughs) I like it actually, it shocks me that anyone our age wouldn't be fans of WEF, WWF. It, everyone in my primary school, every bloke like in my secondary school, we would obsess over it through the golden age, which we're about to talk. We've kind of watched. I've told the I lads to watch. I Summer's didn't have too. Sky. I don't and, even remember. I don't. Yeah, I guess I must have had Sky. But the videotapes would be passed around the school, so everyone would everyone would watch it. I think I can't remember it. I feel like it might have been on terrestrial, but obviously not. No, it wasn't. Um, but video tends to be passed around school. Everyone would talk about it. Had all the merchandise. Was obsessed with it as a kid. And then as I grew up in the late nineties, you you're introduced to the Attitude Era, which of course would mean nothing to you two. But when you get there, no. the kind of the more adult orientated kind of uh, wrestling wrestlers like The Rock and Steve Austin. But the, this early nineties period now, very much the golden age of wrestling, where you've got the Ultimate Warrior. Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, British Bulldog, Bret Hart. These are unbelievable. And it was just such an addictive, amazing, fun, exciting form of entertainment. And one of my friends says that actually, who's still a big wrestling fan and now he's converted his kids, says that actually wrestling is the best form of sport because as a spectator, if you buy a ticket to it, you're, you're guaranteed to leave having had a good time. Whereas if you buy a ticket to football, you nine times out of 10, you're going to leave annoyed, for example. Oh my God. But I, I just, Michael. Well, I think we have to, the first thing we have to address, and I think it's, yeah. it's going to be the most <laughs> yes, controversial right. point. Okay. Is it is not a sport. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean that as a way to criticize wrestling because I know a lot of people love it and I'm yeah. not disputing the athleticism. I totally agree. And, they and all the get impressive hurt. physical specimens that those men are. Like, yeah. you know, physically, it's obviously incredibly tough. They, the individuals are athletes, but, and this is for me, feel free to agree or disagree, but for me, the defining attribute of sport is that it is a competition, yes. a legitimate competition that isn't scripted or pre-planned. They actually play to win and apart wrestling... from the 1987 Ballon d'Or obviously <laughs> <laughs> wrestling is theatre it's a show it's yeah. not the NBA it's the Harlem Globetrotters okay yeah. it's Shakespearean drama it's Greek tragedy it's, it's a not soap that. opera on steroids <laughs> yes, literally it's <laughs> okay it's it's not a sport yeah, yeah I agree I I totally agree and I think people do often get confused 
so when people say wrestling's not a sport, you're not saying that it's it, these people aren't tough or these people aren't getting hurt or, and not that people getting hurt or being tough for me is a reason to go to Wembley, like that. I'd say it's very rare that big being hurt is, and we will come to in the uh, in the sliding doors moments the 1991 FA Cup final if you're looking for that kind of. Uh, but watching it. My my main issue with wrestling. So we watched you. You sent us the SummerSlam 1992, which was at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, for a very specific reason. I think that was the, it, although ni- the 1992 SummerSlam marks the kind of the end of an era for for WWF. You'll notice that Hulk Hogan isn't on this, but for I think in the UK it was almost it was the peak of the UK's love affair did with wrestling. I didn't get a ticket, but a lot of my friends did. I wasn't. I don't even back then. I didn't even know. I didn't really know it was happening. I didn't know until I went into school and yeah. it, was like it sold out and everyone had a ticket. So I was absolutely gutted. And obviously everyone from my school went. But I remember getting it on, I remember watching it and then buying the video immediately and watching it 50 million times over. So what we watched was uh, The Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man Randy Savage and Bret Hart, who needs to have a bit of a think about his name, versus the British Bulldog. And, and, and I would say that's because you made it very clear you would not watch the whole event. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Well, when so I saw the duration me. of those clips, yeah. I was like, "This is." I thought you sent us like the highlights. This is forty fucking minutes. It's one fight. And I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna lie. I watched the start, and then I started watching the first fight, and then I started skipping. <laughs> and for, you would skip two minutes intervals for thirty minutes, and nothing would change. One man is looking dazed and the other man is then holding him down for a count of two and then they're jumping back up. And <laughs> so that, that is my issue is there's no, there's literally no narrative to the fight at any point. They're dazed from minute two, but somehow it continues. Like, and why do they not just hold him down for, th- there's too much. <laughs> if you've got the opportunity to win, win. So you, you were watching it going, well, I don't care if he's holding it down for two because he's going to be held down for two by the other bloke in three minutes' time. There's no, like, oh, he's got him on the... Literally got him on the ropes. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no ebb and flow. But what's astonishing about what you've just said is that the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart is genuinely widely, widely considered to be one of the greatest matches well, they, ever. They said that at the end. <laughs> and I just thought... How do you know? How also, does, how as, as a as a fan, Skull, like what yeah. what makes that the greatest match of all time? <laughs> like, were I to show, were I to show, like you know, a World Cup, a, a classic World Cup final to yeah. my mum and say to her, "Mum, this is the greatest World Cup final of all time." She's going to go, "Yeah, I have no idea why. It's just men kicking the ball around the field." Like, it, explain it to us as laymen. What about that is so good? Were they just technically brilliant? Was was it the narrative? Like, was it like, yeah. like, like what? What but makes also, that so good? I should say, if you've read the news, please don't explain it as Jens Lehman because that would be a, a disastrous <laughs> moment for this podcast. <laughs> well, I think 
But what's interesting is the emergence of Bret Hart, because up until that point, wrestling had been massive, huge guys like Hulk Hogan, even in the Ultimate Warrior. So this was the first time someone small like Bret Hart had headlined a major pay-per-view. Right. And then also the, the chain wrestling, Bret Hart and British Bulldog grew up together, so they'd wrestled each other probably thousands of times at this point. So there's a lot of the, the ebb and flow is, is really fast-paced. There's a lot of back and forth, a lot of drama introduced, people like falling out of the room. You've also got uh, British Bulldog's wife, who is... Um, the brother of, of Bret Hart going up on. on it a lot. And then obviously it's, it's British Bulldog wrestling in front of 80,000 plus of his own fans. Like the, the stadium itself adds a huge amount to the overall match. And and, and it's just a fantastic Ooh, display. The actual fight. What's so good about the fight? <laughs> I don't think. Um, I, or is it more about the context? So it's like going England v Germany in the 1996 Euros yeah, what's it called? Euro 96 yeah. is maybe not a great game, but there's so much of it's about the context. It's in England. It's the semi-final. It's yeah. England and Germany. Is it? Is it that? Is it? Is it more context than it is? This I, was a superb. I, yeah, I think context is probably more than half of it. But what I would say is that when I was scrolling, when I was watching this match, uh, I would click, I would rewind to watch different bits, and I was flicking around on the timeline. Listen to the crowd. You've got 80,000 people. like They're screaming almost throughout. I think the match is 25 this minutes. Is, this is what actually one of the issues I had with it <laughs> was that the commentators are obsessed with the spectacle of it. The, the words 80,000 people yeah. are thrown around all like so regularly and they keep saying about the spectacle and it... You know when there's someone booked to headline Glastonbury that you don't want to see? Yeah. And then someone goes, yeah, but I tell you what, they'll put on a show. Yeah. And you go... Are you talking about Metallica? No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> someone said to me that about Taylor Swift. And I want to go, I don't give a fuck whether there's going to be fireworks or whether there's going to be dancers. Where are the songs? I want to, I'll, uh, let's not get into this on Taylor Swift. I'm sure she's got lots of hit songs, but I'm not interested. But I'm here for the songs. And this feels to me like all spectacle, no sport. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're selling you the spectacle of sport with none of the sport. Um, but I, don't forget, I think a lot of the interest in wrestling, you know, you said it's not real, but there are elements of it that real that are real. Like the crowd will pick a favorite character, and the storylines are written to reflect how how behind um, how much a crowd is getting behind a wrestling character. So, although it is all scripted and is essentially fake, the way that a crowd interacts with a wrestler and kind of pushes him that feeds into the actual the story you see. So British Bulldog being a big, massive guy who's drawing the crowd in, he's having great matches, that gets him more support. He becomes more loved. And then the story is written around what's actually happening. So for a moment where like British Bulldog wins the Intercontinental Championship, the match is fake. But the the way that the crowd has put him in that position through his own industry, right. through the, right. that That's is all real. Yeah, that is interesting. So, so, so you know, when he wins that belt and holds it up, that is a real moment. That is in wrestling history. That is actually happening because of the the journey that him and his fans have gone on, and because of his. How many wrestlers and not, very very few of them will reach the pinnacle, especially in front of eighty thousand fans in their own stadium. So, it, it is real. I think there's a there's a quote by Hulk Hogan where I'm really going to reveal how much there's I know a about. Quote by Hulk Hogan. Um, I always thought wrestling was fake, but if you it, when it comes to money, it's true, it's real. So he's like he's saying that that 
the whole thing is fake. But the wrestlers, some wrestlers will learn more than others. Some will become more popular than others. Fans will love more rest, one wrestler more than another. So although the, the very core of it is fake, everything else about it, if you want to be the world's best wrestler, if you want people to cheer you, buy your merchandise, get paid more, all of, all of it is real. So actually, there's only very it, little of this. It, it doesn't that is feel no, no but it's the key. It feels a bit like the European Super League. <laughs> it is. I suppose it is a bit. But you know, the interesting thing is that the com- one of the commentators, Vince McMahon, who, who's the one who's adding loads of hyperbole and talking about the spectacle, he owns it. And it's a and WWFE WEF is a <laughs> is a family business that actually goes back. I think it used to be called the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, which was WWWF or something. But his his dad Vince McMahon Senior he he this is a family business, so he's a commentator, but he runs the whole thing. And in future years, he would go on to become an evil, well, probably the the best baddie in in wrestling history or heel, if you will. What do you what do you think of uh, what do you think of that those arguments, Michael? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can totally see where Skull's coming from. And I sort of, like, what I don't want to do is kind of shit on a thing that people genuinely no. love. And millions of people around the world. That's not what, like, I'm trying to do here. My my main issue here is the fact that it is just, it's pre-scripted theatre. And I remember, like, I like because I was a fan of wrestling back in the day. Like I, I remember watching this, and I'd forgotten I'd watched it. But I think, like, Skull, I didn't have Sky and it was the VHSs that were passed around as kids. So, like, I remember watching SummerSlam 88. I remember watching, like, Royal Rumble, which for me was the best format, where, like, every however long it is, minute or two minutes, a new person comes into the ring, and it's a kind of, like, last man standing thing. I loved that as a kid. Like, we used to play that in middle school, where we would just go to the grass field, put jumpers down in sort of four corners and create a ring, and everyone would wrestle. But... We would wrestle on each other's backs or shoulders, so it'd be like a tag team. So you'd have like <laughs> one small guy on the back or shoulders of a big guy, and you know other players doing it. And the only way you would eliminate them was either by toppling them over, or pulling the smaller guy off the top, or pushing them out of the ring. And we would play this every single break. Like this would be the thing we would look forward to most in the day, every day, until one day a kid broke his collarbone and then they just banned it. So it's back, very back difficult to, play to five set a collarbone, isn't it? Very difficult to set. <laughs> you basically can't. You, you can't, can't cast can it. You can't um, cast it. You just, yeah, you have to just sit and let it let it heal. Um, but it was like it was a big part of my life for about three or four years when it was at its peak. So I, I kind of get why people lo- loved it and I get the kind of hype around it. But surely it's something that you grow out of, isn't it? Like, and I don't want to criticize people as men that still love it because they obviously get something from it. But like, you're buying into the spectacle and the drama, aren't you? Like, it's not, you're not watching that with any sense of like, oh, this is a genuine competition. Like well, it's it's a scripted exactly. outcome it's a based script. on that, who is the most the popular thing. or what they think will drive ticket sales, what will create with a sport, drama but with a sport, and hype. But, but with a sport, anything could happen. Yes. That's the, that's the excitement. So if Leicester win the Premier League, that is a, 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 there's a purity to it. Whereas if it's scripted that Leicester win the Premier League, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I that but I I actually think I find the kind of I think Michael obviously was into it. I could never get an in and I was into almost every piece of popular culture going as a child. <laughs> like I loved all 
the TV or the music or the sport. So I was absolutely bullseye for wrestling. And it just, I found that the Americanism, I did find that quite off-putting, to be honest with you. I found the lack of it being a sport off-putting. It just wasn't, I just, it just wasn't. What were you doing? You must have had a bouncy castle. What are you doing on that bouncy castle? Are you bouncing? Or are you playing wrestling like everyone else? You must have had a bouncy castle. (laughs) Did you you have bouncy castles? Everyone had bouncy castles in Essex. What do you mean? You just reminded me of a a story, another story, if we're playing Quickly Kevin Bingo from my childhood. And I definitely (laughs) haven't talked about this one. If we are playing Quickly Kevin Bingo, can I say that it's not pronounced Hyperbole? (laughs) How is it pronounced? Hyperbole. Flipping Not going to lie. I've been getting that wrong my whole life. (laughs) Is it hyperbole? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh um, wow. Yeah, no, I've just I've just had a just reminded me of uh an injury, a quite a severe injury I sustained on a bouncy castle playing WWF wrestling as a kid where where I grew up on the Isle of Wight there was a holiday camp called it was a Haven holiday camp. I presume they have those like around the country called Lower Hyde and they would have um like a big bouncy castle in the summer, but it was only for use for residents of the holiday camp. But obviously all the local kids, we'd just sneak in during the summer, use the tennis courts, the swimming pool, the playground, all of that. And we were wrestling on the bouncy castle one day and we were like bouncing off the sides as if they were ropes and then like, you know, clotheslining each other and like doing suplexes and all sorts. Um, my best mate at the time who went on to become a Marine was like, he was one of those people that was like just twice the size of everyone as a kid, like big, rough, rough and tumble guy. And he clotheslined me once, but like really close to the edge of the bouncy castle. And I just flipped over the walls of the bouncy castle and <sighs> fell head first uh-huh. onto one of the big like metal, you know, like tent spikes that oh my hold God. a tent in. But this was like, because it was from a bouncy castle, it was like industrial size. Oh thing. my God. Like huge. And basically like split the top of my head open. Blood like everywhere, just pouring down my face, into my eyes. Everyone's like panics. Everyone's like freaking out. Oh my out. God. So they take me to the reception area of this park. But I'm so scared of saying that I don't, like I'm a local and I don't, I'm not staying on the park that I pretend that I've got a concussion and I don't remember like which chalet is mine. Oh my God, that's amazing. So the nurse and the manager put me in a golf cart. Like they're sort of trying to mop up all this blood. They give me like a free Pepsi and they're driving me around to this uh, (laughs) park going, is it that one? Is it that one? Oh, is it that? One? Is that your dad? Is that your mum? And I'm like, oh, just <laughs> pretending to be Dave, thinking like, what do I do? What do I do? And after about half an hour, I just go, look, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I live ten minutes down the road in Shanklin, <laughs> and the guy was so pissed off. But I think obviously, like, so afraid of some kind of like HR, like yeah, you yeah. know, accident lawsuit that he just gets me in a car, drives me to the estate, drops me off at my house, and then just drives off. <laughs> Doesn't oh, wow. even bother like giving to me to my mum and dad. See, that's but that's real wrestling for you, right? <laughs> Can't script that shit. Can't script that. Um, so, can I ask another question, Chris? Well, can I just play you just before we did that? There's a, there was a clip, uh, SummerSlam 92, I had the video, and uh, there's a, a young uh, young girl interviewed outside the Wembley prior to the event starting on her thoughts on what's going to happen in British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. And it, it's quite viral, this clip. It's well known. Uh, can I just play it to you? Yeah. Did you catch that? 
The British Bulldog's going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? Oh, God. Um, did you ever go? Yeah, yeah. Went loads. Did you? Well, I haven't like having a having a my brother was bang into it as well. So like started going like 95. They'd only come over to the UK like once a year. So yeah. we would we would go over go over to see it. But the other thing we used to do is uh we used to go on caravan holidays to Clacton where they would have British wrestling. So a lot of the faded stars that had been on uh, World of Sport Giant Haystacks. I think I'm not yeah. caught. I don't think I think he might have been a manager then. But a lot of these big it's funny when you watch British wrestling. Because it is just two massively fat blokes pushing each other. I, I actually, when I look back, I think I enjoyed going to watch the British wrestling Clacton more. They would, they would, they would sell these little inflatable hammers, and the deal was that if, the, if a baddie wrestler rolled near ringside, the kids were allowed to go whack these baddie wrestlers with inflatable <laughs> hammers. <laughs> so, but the, <laughs> There we go, a little excerpt from the SummerSlam 1992 episode, uh, subscriber-only episode we did back in May 2021. If you want to get that whole episode, you need to sign up to the Quitly Kevin fan club. You can join at anotherslice.com forward slash Quitly Kevin and get this full episode and all the other, I, mean, I want to say hundreds, it's a lot, all the other bonus episodes we've done down the years. And don't forget, we've just started the third Steve Bruce murder mystery novel. And as you may have heard, Matt Ford is here. And yes, he will be doing the voices of the characters. And boy, does it make a massive difference. Uh, to sign up for all that, go to anotherslice.com forward slash Whitney Kevin. And if you've got memories of SummerSlam 1992, why not let me know? Send us an email. I'll read out a few tomorrow if they're any good. Uh, hello at quicklykevin.com. So that's it for this episode. Don't forget, we're in the break at the minute between uh, series of Quickly Kevin, but the new series of Quickly Kevin will start in early October, late September for members of the Quickly Kevin fan club. It's coming really soon, but we just thought, hey, we're here to brighten uh, your week and brighten that period in between the last series and when the new series starts. So we'll be dropping bonus episodes in throughout this week and then probably every Monday after that uh, until the new series starts in October. So we'll be back tomorrow with another classic subscriber episode from the Quickly Kevin fan club. A little excerpt from that. We'll see you then. And until then, Robbie Slater, see you later. Shaking, yeah, but you might prove them wrong.